Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Welcome to Real Presence Live. My name is Nathan Sather, your host here out of the kind of frigidly chilling uh, studios here in Fargo, North Dakota. Uh, I think one of the best things about uh, realizing this place is not supposed to be utopia is the weather in North Dakota. I woke up and was freezing cold. Uh, I realize it's not January, but still, that's definitely how I uh, felt when I woke up and came outside this morning to come here into the studio to be with you. But it is a blessing to be with you. Uh, I hope you were listening to Teresa Tamio. Uh, she had an amazing interview on with uh, a gentleman who's a brother of one of the victims of the shooting that occurred in Atlanta. And it was just very insightful for me that we have this amazing thing called Real Presence Radio that we have going throughout our listening area. But yet, in one moment, you listen to this amazing interview of a national event that's taking place, and then we're going to get right into it this morning uh, with something local, talking to somebody that works you know, right here with some uh, folks who are definitely in need in our own community. So just what, a, what an amazing thing God has uh, given us here with Real Presence Radio. But before we get into all that, let's begin our morning with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Dearest Lord Jesus, we thank you for the gift that is Real Presence Radio. We thank you for the gift that is our staff and our listeners, this community that you built together uh, to have us come together, to glorify you, to learn about you, and to take literally you with us wherever we go, whether it's in our work, our homes, or in our vehicles as we drive around through this entire area. We ask you to bless our efforts and may everything that we do glorify you and bring more people closer to your most sacred heart. And we ask this through the intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we're going to begin our morning off here uh, with a special person who does a lot of good work in our community, helping those who are in need, and is going to inform us a little bit about that. We have Hannah Sale-Zemer, who works with the New Life Center here in Fargo. Hannah, welcome to Real Presence Live. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. Yeah. So tell us just a little bit about yourself. I always like to learn a little bit more about the people that we have on and uh, tell us a little bit about the work that you do there at the New Life Center. Yeah. So I am a licensed social worker. Um, I have been at the New Life Center for about five years now. I started here um, doing my internship in the spring of 2016. Uh, January, I guess not quite spring, but got hired on then uh, in May once I graduated and have been here since. Uh, my role has changed over the years. I've always been uh, doing hands-on things with the guys, uh, just helping with that case management. And then I've taken on extra things during the years. I now am the emergency services manager, so I oversee the emergency shelter um in, it, in itself with all the guests, so anything that's related to the guests that stay here, policies, procedures, I oversee all of that 
and um, still provide case management services as well. That's kind of my role here and a little bit about how I got here. Well, and, and tell me if I'm wrong, but I know some of those small ministries, uh, you, you, you come in with one role and then pretty soon people see what your capabilities are. And because it's small and people want to be good with resources, pretty soon you got three, four, five, six hats. Is that pretty accurate there at the New Life Center? Yeah, it is. And it's, you know, it's an amazing thing just to, to know that where you're working, there's, your potential doesn't need to stop. They're going to see your value and they're going to continue to you know, put things on your plate and move you up and give you these more experience in what you're doing. And so it's been a really amazing place for me to be and to, to learn and grow as, as a young uh, person in the workforce. Uh, now, as a, you say as a young person, was like, are we talking, was this like your first major job after you got your, is it LICSW? Do I have those, those initials right? Yep, yep. And it is my first major. Yeah, I had, I have been here, I'm 28 now, so I fresh out of college, I started here and have been here since. Oh, that's awesome. Now, if you don't mind me asking, uh, what is your faith tradition? I am Catholic. Oh, you are? Yes, okay. I grew up. Yep, I grew up in a small town in Morris, Minnesota. Um, I went to St. Mary's Catholic Church, uh, kindergarten through sixth grade, and because it's a small town, we didn't have anything further than that, so I went to the public high school, but... Yes, grew up in a Catholic family, and and yeah, have maintained those roots. Yeah, we've we've had uh, Tom on the program uh, before down there, Tom O'Keefe, and yep. uh, and so I, I always enjoy learning about the New Life Center from his perspective. This is the first time I'll learn it from another person's perspective, so I'm I'm kind of excited in that regard. Um, but you know, explain to our listeners a little bit about some of the the ways you impact them, uh, the the people there at the New Life Center. Uh, with your your primary duty as LICSW, and then also, you know, some of these other duties that you have as well? Yeah, so my primary role is is really those case management services uh, with the guests that we serve. And so I help with so many different things. You know, when people come in the door, we have structured meetings in place that that I do with clients. Um, We call them guests. So for those of you who are listening, if I say guests, it's the same as a client. But we have so many different things that... We do, like I said, I have those structured meetings where we're getting to know the person, what they've gone through, where they're coming from, and what they kind of need help with. What are their main things? Um, Because our biggest thing is I want to be able to get them stable and back on their feet. And obviously, anyone who comes into our shelter, they always say their goal is housing. And I don't let that be their goal because that, that is their goal. That's ultimately the goal is to get everyone housed. But the bigger thing I want to work on is what do you need to be successful in housing? Um, because so many of them can go out and get housing, but that doesn't mean they're going to be successful. And so what are your goals so that you can live um, successfully and stay housed? And so we help with vital records, um, getting their IDs, Social Security cards, birth certificates, immigration documents if needed. Um, I help, you know, we apply for housing, we apply for jobs. It really, we we do so many different things and there's so many things I can't even list. Um, and if a guest comes to me and they need help with, uh, something that I don't typically do, I, I Google it and try to figure out how I can help them, um, do that part of what they need to move forward. And so I also, um, deal a lot with, uh, the guys that are in our mental health crisis. If they come in with a mental health crisis, if they're here and having a mental health crisis, 
I am the go-to to go down and de-escalate that situation and, and try to get them the best services that I can by referring them out. I mean, we can do so much here, but we also use our community support so often to get people further help um, that they need. Sure not. For a, a personal question of mine, I, I know everything is intentional there from, from just my conversations with Tom. What's, what's the intent behind referring to the, the individuals that come that need assistance as guests and not saying clients or, or using another term? You know, we want to treat them. We want, we want to treat them as human beings. You know, so often they're 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 called clients, and and for us, we want to be as real as possible with them and really make them feel comfortable. The more comfortable that they feel, the better that they'll interact with us. The better that um, the more we can do for them. And just, I think it's just a respect thing, honestly. Just calling them a guest. They're a guest in our place. They're a guest here. And so we want to treat them as they are a guest um, and not just a client. No, that's, that's, really, that's really well said. I, I, I never really thought about that before. I'm not sure if Tom and I have talked about that, but that, that idea that they're not just a transient number or, or whatnot, I think sometimes um, in, in, in different types of ministries, it can be very easy to, to you know, record keep. You know, we helped 87 people today or we did X, Y, or Z. Um, and, and it's kind of almost too easy to lose the humanity, uh, the God-given humanity of each person that you're encountering. Uh, so I, I, when, we, when you mentioned guests could be the same as clients, I'm like, that's really smart. Like, I'm curious what the, what the meaning is. So thank you for that. Uh, I'm also curious a little bit, like, for you being there, this is your, your, your first job, your first, you know, entry into this, uh, and you've been given more responsibility or whatnot. You're obviously doing a wonderful job down there, or that wouldn't be the case. So what, what are some of the the success stories or, or, or some of the joys, the, the, the reasons that your, your faith inspires you to keep doing this every single day and, and doing such a good job at it? Yeah, you know, I, the biggest thing for me is, is the small things. I love coming to work, um, and that's huge for me, the fact that I, I wake up and want to come to work. I, I've grown so much just as a person in the last five years, especially with my faith. Um, and just gotten deeper in that, and that's been an amazing thing for me. But more importantly, I love I love the small things that we're doing with the guests. You know, housing is great, and I love the successful housing stories that we get. Um, but the day-to-day things that are so – I just take so much for granted, um, and I think we all do because we just don't live in this, in this world of crisis. Um, for instance, you know, an ID – I, I never thought getting an ID would be so special for somebody. And I've seen that time and time again here where we just take for granted I have an ID all the time. I never think about what my life would be like if I didn't have an ID. And this has really opened my eyes to see how important those things are and how if you don't have them, how much it can destroy what, what you're trying to do and, and get you to the place where you're at. And so one of my favorite things is seeing the faces of, of um, the guests that I take to the DMV and then when they get that printed ID out to, to see them smile because so many doors just opened up for them. Um, you know, they can't get a job without an ID. They can't. So it's hard to move forward when you're stuck in this place. Um, and it's hard to get. You need a lot of different documentation to get that ID and support. And so that's one of my favorite, favorite things that I see here um, for success stories. But we have so many. You know, I've helped people with child support cases. I've 
helps, you know, like I said, we move people into housing, um, and those are always amazing things. But I do try to take the small things that happen day to day, even, you know, somebody remembering to take their meds on their own can sometimes be a really big um a really big deal for them and and it's just the joy of seeing that they're able to do these things by themselves and that feeling um that they can do it and move forward yeah yeah no, it's, it's it's honestly really wonderful I, I i will want to follow up a little bit like the id id thing um i i i can't understand or relate to that just like you kind of mentioned before uh can can you kind of help walk through here in just a couple minutes, like what what the struggles are for them to accomplish that? Yeah, yeah, certainly I can. Um, so basically, you know, they come in, they don't have any records, and so if you don't have your ID, you don't have your social security card, you don't have your birth certificate, you can't get any form of your vital record because you need one form to get the other, and so it's a tough thing to do if you don't have anything. You come and you have, you have nothing. And so what we do, you know, to get an ID, you need a birth certificate if you've never had an ID in this state. Well, to get a birth certificate, you need an ID. Um, and to get a Social Security card, you need an ID or a birth certificate, one or the other. And if you have a Social Security card, basically you can't get anything with just that alone. So these guys come in and they're, they're starting from, from zero. And so it's, how do we get them? You know, we're vouching for them saying they are who they are. If they've been here in the past, uh, I can print out, you know, that they had a copy at one point, they lost it. So those make things easier, but the people that come without anything, it, it can be really complicated. You're calling, you know, the DMV or the, basically the vital statistics of where they were born and asking them, how do I get them a birth certificate? What can we do? Um, and so it's just something that we take for granted because we can just go to the DMV and get a new one, uh, and, and it's not that easy. Right. No, that's that's very insightful. And, again, we're, we're listening here with uh, Hannah Salesheimer from the New Life Center. We're going to take a quick break here uh, in just a few seconds, but we appreciate you listening, and we'll come to the other side of this break and continue talking to Hannah about some of the struggles and joys that come from her work, her important work at the New Life Center. Uh, You're listening to Real Presence Radio. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. We have all lost someone to the reality of death, some more tragic than others. I'm Father Chris Alar. While grieving is a natural process, it helps if you know how to navigate your way through it. As my friend Sammy Wood says, you can never get over a tragic loss, but you can get through it. Come to know the stages of grief, which are acute, integrated, and complicated grief. Seek help whenever needed. 
either from a friend or especially from medical professionals. There is no shame in asking for help. Remember, Jesus accepted the help of his followers while bearing the weight of the cross on his way to Calvary. Don't go it alone. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sappo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision provides eye exams for the whole family and specialty services like vision therapy and custom contact lenses. We offer a variety of frames with missions you can believe in, like Moto Eyewear, which gives away a pair of glasses to a child in need for every frame sold. We are so grateful for your support and grateful to be supporting RPR. You can learn more about our mission at lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of the Real Presence Radio Network. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. You're listening across the Real Presence Radio Network. My name is Nathan Sather. I'm your host today, and we're having a wonderful morning. I'm joined in this first segment here. We've been talking with Hannah Sale-Zemer about her work at the New Life Center. And Hannah, you've, you've done an excellent job of painting a picture that I didn't have any idea existed with some of the, the, the struggles and how you help people to overcome those struggles, especially even with things as simple that we, I don't think about, like ID cards. You shared with us a little bit of your joys, but what are some of the, the hardships and difficulties about doing this work? I know I've worked enough with people in life to know that it's, it's always difficult when you're working with people, trying to help them you know, improve their lives and make their lives better. Yeah, that is for sure, and that's, you know, one of the, the biggest things that we see daily is so many of these guys have lived in this in this um, cycle of homelessness for so long, and so we see so often um, a guest coming in and doing really well, getting everything in place, and things are almost too good to be true for them, you know, when it gets to that point, and we see so often the self-sabotaging and going back and, and restarting that cycle. And so that's one of the, the hardest things for me to watch is, is seeing the success that somebody can do, but also, you know, understanding the role that mental health and addiction have over our body and that when they're in those states um, at times, you know, that's, that's what you're used to. That's what you're living with every day. And so, they're falling right back into those patterns because they're in in their heads, you know, their, their life couldn't be this good. And we see a lot of self-sabotaging, which is really sad. Um, we also see, you know, I see people get into housing and a lot of our guys that do deal with significant mental health uh, issues and even addiction, but more so mental health is the biggest struggle that I see is we get them into housing and they're, they're not successful once they get into housing. And the reasons for that is they need more support than living on their own. And so that's support that we, you know, being at the shelter, we serve over 100 people um, case managing, you know, in emergency services. There's about 70 people on my caseload, and I can't follow people into housing. And they really honestly, even if somebody did follow them into housing, they almost need more of a 24-7 support, like a group home type setting where they have pods and um, 
have somebody there 24-7 to help them with their needs because they aren't capable of living alone. And we see that so often, but we just don't have those services. Um, and we lack that in our community. So then is, is there a way that you can, you know, I don't want to say hand them off because that sounds awful, but like get them support from more than just outside the New Life Center once they are in housing? We do. We do have referrals, and so we have uh, community supports that work with our guys that do have these significant mental health um, issues. But again, they they have clients, and they can't be there 24-7, right? So if they go into a public housing authority, um, there's not somebody there 24-7 to support them. And so what happens is is they can check in, but but these guys are also, they have the right to refuse any, any sort of help. And so sometimes, you know, when they get back into those situations they think that they're okay and that they can do it all on their own and refuse that refuse those services and stop working with their with their mental health um, case managers or addiction case managers or whatever it might be and then they're on their own again and and that's the the cycle that we see so often and then back into the shelter and you know when they come back in they're coming back in with more baggage they have those evictions on their record they have um, money that they have to pay back before they can get housed again, and so it's just really a sad, uh, a sad thing to watch. It's it's one of my, one of my biggest things. You know, I always say if I won the lottery, I'd make a apartment um, complex, and I just put uh, those individuals that maybe aren't capable of living alone in little like dorms. Almost, it would be like a campus dorm, but um, that's that's on my my wish list for long term. So. Well, and I, you know, you mentioned that I think about those, the sisters home here in Fargo that they're eventually going to be selling. I wonder if that would even be an option. Maybe we should make some, some phone calls, Hannah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I, I, well, I always have to stick with, um, with the shelter too and what they're always doing. So I don't want to overstep anyone, (laughs) any plans. Well, yeah, well, that's well, my well, dream someday. We'll, we'll we'll throw that one out there. If the Lord wants to use the sisters' <laughs> home when yes. they move out for that, he 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 can open up doors that we we won't try to kick down ourselves. Yes, there we go. Uh, yes. Now, when 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 you talk a little bit about some of these things about you know the self um, uh, sabotage and 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 I think that's the word that you used. I think we all can relate to that in in smaller things. Um, you know, person who struggles with eating too much or whatnot wants to go on a diet and then, you know, they, they yo-yo back and it's worse than it was before, whatever the case may be, obviously other types of addiction or whatnot. Are there, are there special ways in which the, the guests that you have down there uh, struggle with that more than maybe an, an average person who struggles with that too, but not to the, the same degree uh, could, could help understand better? Yeah, you know, I I just think of it, it for me, it's, it's the mental health and addiction. You know, it's that okay. that not being able to control, you know, those thoughts that go on in your head. Or, or like, for instance, we just, an example, I just had a client that got approved for housing. And so he went out to celebrate his housing. Well, <laughs> and so now he hasn't been back. And so those are the hard things that we see is that, you know, this, it just, it has so much control over our body that when we do, when they do that, you know, they don't realize you're going to fall back into that same pattern because you can't handle just one or you can't handle um, anything like you can't have any sort of 
thing that's, that you're addicted to and think that you're okay now because you've been sober for this length of time. And we see that so often um, with that cycle. And so then, you know, they sabotage that housing and now they're back right in the shelter where they started. And it's just really hard to see because it happens. It, it just happens so often um, where they just can't get over those things. And that, that's the hardest thing to watch is the in and outs that we have um, yeah. from people. Do, do you think any of that is loneliness? Oh, certainly. We do have people that, you know, will even come to us and say, um, it, we had a, I had a client or a guest last year that came to us, came and he was staying here and I found out he still had housing and I asked him why he was staying here and he said he was lonely. He doesn't like being alone. Mm-hmm. So he would come and stay here, but he was still paying rent on his place. Um, and so it, it is loneliness. It, it's very much so lonely and they like Sometimes they, they like this setting. There's people around them. There's constantly people to talk to, and that's where I go back to that group setting right, of yeah. housing. That's, that's exactly life. what I was wondering, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, in, in, interesting. I, I think we have no idea what, what you know, the, the average person we see walking down the street is, is in need of. So, you know, with, with, with that in mind, Hannah, what, what are some of the ways, you know, if someone's listening to our conversation here and is like, wow, I had no idea, and they feel somewhat inspired to, to possibly reach out and help? What, what, what are ways in which they can do that? Well, there's so many ways to, to get involved here, and I, I'm sure that Tom mentioned them. Um, but, you know, we, we can, prayer is the biggest thing. We can use prayer, prayer um, that we're doing what, what God wants us to do and, and to go in the right direction. Um, you know, we, monetary donations can go a long ways. You know, some of these things that we'd like to implement, some of these things that uh, we could use in the community do take um, do take that that money, and so that's something that can be really generous. And we love, we just we appreciate any sort of help that we can get. Um, you know, bringing clothing donations to the thrift store. We have guys that need clothes, and so they can go over there and get those for free, and then shopping there because that in turn turns around and gives that money, you know, to support the mission and what we're doing on this side, and then. Once COVID restrictions are lifted, I just encourage people to come and get involved. There's so many different things that you can do. You can come for a meal at the mission and see, you know, what, what we really do here and, and learn how you can get involved more. And it might be taking people to appointments. You know, it might be um, volunteering in the building and getting to know these guys better and, and building those relationships so that when they do move out, you know, maybe they have relationships with, with other people, with churches, with um, different groups, and then they're not so lonely because they have things to do. They have people that support them, and you know, there's only so much support that that we can do here um, with the amount of people that we serve. So it's really important for us to get other people involved and to to get them support that's outside of the mission. So when they do leave here, um, their their support isn't just here. That that they have support they can lean on once they are on their own. What what are the the volunteer COVID restrictions now? Briefly, in, in in case someone didn't know. Well, we when COVID started, we we don't have any volunteers besides like our regulars that are here Monday through Friday. Okay. Um, but I think I'm hoping I'm hopeful and <laughs> praying that soon we will be able to lift you know, those and get people back into the kitchen, helping get people back in, you know, doing, we used to have people come do game nights and um, different things like that. And so we're hopeful that soon we'll be able to 
to get people more involved and get them back into the building and helping out in any way that they can. Yeah, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for these things to go back to normal. Uh, we got about a minute or so left. Uh, Hannah, I really appreciate the time you've given us already, but can you just leave us with any final thoughts or reflections on, on your work there and the, and the important, critical, critically important mission that you guys do? You know, I, I just, we just thank everyone for their support and what, what people already do for us. We are so blessed here as a mission to have the support that we do. And we just, want to continue to share what we're doing to gain more people, more people's support and um, for people to realize, you know, what what we're really doing here and what um, what they can be doing and in, in serving God in those ways. And so we're just really blessed here and we just thank everyone for, for their support. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Hannah, for your time. Uh, it was very insightful. I, I greatly appreciate it. And we'd love to have you back on Real Presence Live sometime. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you very much. All right. So coming up on the other side of the break, we'll answer a few more questions about what we might be able to do for our local homeless shelters with a wonderful woman by the name of Madeline Shields. And you'll get that on the other side of this break. You're listening to Real Presence Live across the Real Presence Radio Network. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network.